And if you have a Bible, I have, I kind of have a, a, a three-headed scripture. It's, it's three different scriptures I, I kind of brought out for you, but we're going to go right after these three scriptures this morning. We are in a series. I'm starting an August series called Done With and then a blank. Done With Blank. Go ahead and fill that blank because I'm fired up in this August, on this hot August Sunday, to end some things that have been causing you to stay where you're at, to stay stuck, to not move forward. We are going to effectively today end some things in our lives. Psalm 133, 1. Psalm 133, 1. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Someone say unity. I want you to know it is a good thing when you can actually live in unity with one another. This is what the word of God is saying. First Peter 3, 8. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. That's a whole lot of things to remember. How many times have you ever read the Bible and it says be like this and then the moment you're done reading the scripture, you already forgot what you're supposed to be like? Like the moment I ended that scripture, you're like, I don't even remember what I'm supposed to be. You know, to people, I'm just going to be me. And that's like our excuse for being mean to people. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, that's not just you. You need to be Jesus. Stop being you. You know what I'm saying? You're not a nice person. Jesus is. Let's be... Let's be Jesus for a second. But, but I love that it says be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate. What it, what it basically is saying is this. The more you can walk with Jesus, the more you're going to have a, the answer for every situation you find yourself in. If you have Jesus right there, like walking with you, you have someone to turn to. You don't, have a, you know, you don't need to text your best friend when you're in distress. You don't need to figure out trying to, trying to find your outlet. God is your ultimate outlet. He is all that you need. So the moment you have Jesus answering for you, you will always have the right answer to be like-minded in all moments, to be sympathetic with every person, to love one another no matter what, be compassionate to people, suffer with people, walk with, pray for people, feel people's pain. It's okay to be emotional when somebody else is going through something. It's not okay to be led by your emotions. You have to feel with people, be compassionate, and be humble. Mark three twenty-five. That's, what is that? We're talking about unity, unity, unity. Mark 3.25 says this, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. If a house is divided, it cannot stand. It's amazing that I thought, I thought it would like start to talk about the house's infrastructure or um, how it was built or maybe the foundation of it. But in fact, it says if there is division within a household, that's what it'll bring it. I, I, I thought it should have said when there is a rampant amount of sin, when there is an overwhelming amount of distress, when there is just too much anxiety in the house, it is divided. It actually just says division, which means this. We have a problem with disunity. And if the Bible wants to talk about it, and we don't, we have a problem within ourselves, but we're going to talk about it in this house. So today is the name of my sermon, Done With Disunity. Today we're going to be done with disunity. I'm done. We're doing this together. I'm no longer doing this alone. You're no longer standing by yourself. You're no longer living by yourself. You're no longer feeling lonely or worthless or hopeless. No, you have the body with you. You have us around you. You have relationships around you that are going to cause you and catapult you forward in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for this this church service. I thank you that you're going to, God, cause us to look at disunity with disgust. And we declare in the name of Jesus, unity in this house. In Jesus' name. If you agree, somebody say Amen. 
Uh, I don't know about you, but if you've been in this place, have you ever played sports? Anybody played sports before? I used to play football. Um, you know, some, some people in football, basketball. Uh, I mentioned earlier water polo, you know, like, um, what, what is it? Cricket and you know, whatever it is, right? You got, you got yours. If some people are like, I'm just really good at ping pong. Okay, okay, well, questionable. But um, I, 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 when you play a sport, you know, especially like football, like things happen and we're coming into football season. I'm excited. I'm a 49ers fan. I'm, I'm pumped about it, right? You know, whatever. Cowboys are down the street. We pray they come to the church, but that's about it. So, <laughs> and because uh, and, 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 I'm, I'm hoping that I see, I see most of you Cowboy fans in about a month. So at this 1230 service when games start. However, I don't know if that's, if we'll, our 930 will fill up. That's what will happen. <laughs> Everybody's like, I'm here, Pastor, in my jersey. Like, okay, cool. Um, but but, but have, if you've ever played any sport, you get hurt, right? And there's injuries, and it's nasty. I was playing football uh, once, uh, one of the games we were in, and, and, and one of my friends after a play is holding his hand, and he's just kind of walking off, and he's covering his hand, and I, I didn't know what was going on. And so I was like, hey, hey, uh, Timmy, what's the deal? You know, what's the situation? What's the, what are you doing? Why are you walking off? And, and he, he didn't even say anything. He just looked back at me, and he uncovered his hand, and, and one of his fingers on his hand was not facing the same direction as the others. Uh, we call this a dislocated finger. I almost showed you a picture just for fun today, but I didn't want to do it. That would be a little too far. But if you've ever seen a game on TV, or if you've ever seen that, if not, you know what a dislocated finger looks like. All your fingers are facing north while one is going east. Like, it's that situation. Like, it's like, why is it doing that? It shouldn't be doing that. Why? Because it popped out of place, and now it's facing another direction. So what he had to do is he had to co- he was covering, and he walked to the sideline. And there's always a big old dude. He is bald, he's overweight, and he has a mustache. His name is Bob. He's always waiting for you to pop the finger back in place, right? And so you go over there, and he pops your finger back in place, and you're just like, and he looks at you and says, don't cry, son. You're like, I'm sorry. Like, what did I do? You know, so this is always what happens, and and then eventually, once it's popped back in place, you can continue playing. And, And I was thinking about this, how I'm like, man, isn't that crazy that his legs were fine, and his heart was okay? His perspective was fine. His mind was working good. And his other arm was perfectly fine. And everything was okay except for one dislocated member. And because of one dislocated member, it didn't just affect the finger. It now affects the entire hand. So the hand can no longer function in what it's supposed to do because there's one part of it not doing what it's supposed to do. So what happens is because the hand is now out of order, it has to go off the field. And now we have sideline Christians not knowing what to do. All sideline Christians are are dislocated people that never got their hurts fixed. This is why we cannot live with hurts anymore. This is why we cannot live with injuries anymore and just say, God will heal me in time. No, God will heal you today. We need to join together. You need to play your role. We need to pop you back into your purpose. You have a lane to run. You have a future to fill. You have a purpose to walk in. And right here, right now, we need each other. 
We need each other. What's so beautiful is that when it is in place, the hand can do the impossible. It can do almost anything. But if one member is dislocated, this is why I can't encourage you. The church has to stop being dislocated from culture, from life, from people. Oh, I'm, I'm just so located in God. If you're so located in God, then you should be so located in front of sinners sometimes too. Because Jesus was a friend of sinners. It did not say he was a partaker of sin. He just said, I see the sin, but I know the solution. And I want to get some people around the solution. But unity brings people into the answer. And right here at the house, Fort Worth, we got some people that will reach on every highway, on every street, on every corner, and bring love back to this city. I need Jesus to take over. It only happened. If you realize i got to get popped back into my purpose, and so the hand can function properly when you're in your rightful place. This is why you cannot be jealous of somebody else's calling. That's what a dislocated person looks like. Somebody that's constantly jealous of someone else. Well, they got the blessing. They got the calling. If you were supposed to sing like that, God would have given you, given you that gift. Right? Like, if you were supposed to have that stage time, you would be on that stage. But you need to thank God for what you do have and stop complaining about what you don't have. And when you work together, because here you are, look, you were not supposed to carry someone else's calling. You know, that's not your weight. You got your own lane. You got your own pathway. You have your own beautiful calling. And if not, what happens is you get your eyes off and you get it onto somebody else's and all you, you see the beautiful and you become, and jealous will take away unity in a church faster than anything else. Because then you cannot get along with somebody because you want what they have. And, and it comes off as resentment. And it comes off as I'm offended. I don't like you. They didn't even do anything to you, but you don't like them because they're just gifted and they're just walking in their calling. But I've never I've never met somebody that's in their calling and jealous. Because the only way you got in your calling is that you were content with it in the first place. If you actually find contentment in your calling, you will realize every single time, I'm supposed to be here. You're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be there. So I praise God. I'm not going to tolerate you. I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to celebrate that God's using you. I'm going to celebrate the blessing on your life. I'm going to celebrate that God's opening doors for you. He may not be doing it for me, but he's doing it for you. If you have no reason to praise God, praise God for somebody else because that person is getting exactly what what they've been praying for. I need to thank God. He is working around me. I thank God for unity. I thank God for unity in the house, Fort Worth. We're in this together. And the Bible even talks about in Deuteronomy that one will send 1,000 to fly, but two will send 10,000. It's amazing God's math does not line up with humans. Because one will send 1,000, but two will send 10,000. That is tenfold. That when you get somebody else involved, your destiny is now attainable. You need somebody in your world. Here's the thing. You can do one by yourself. And here's, here's where if the devil can't destroy you, he'll divide you. Because, because here, the devil doesn't care that you can send your 1,000 
and you can, you can overcome your th- thousand giants and you can overcome your thousand hills and you can overcome those battles. He, he's like, cool, you can do that by yourself. He's just scared that when you join up with somebody, because when two come together, it goes from one to ten. It's a tenfold blessing. So if I get two and that's tenfold, if I keep adding people, guess what? The impossible is no longer the impossible. I can now do anything because I have people with me. And now I'm connected, and this is bigger than me. I want to be a part of something bigger than me. If what you're, if you, what you're going after is not bigger than you, God is not in it yet. It's too small. you got to think, okay, I need somebody else involved. And a lot of times this, your purpose is actually an open door for other people to find theirs. It's not just about you. I don't want to burst that beautiful bubble that may be floating over some Christians, but it's not. When you actually walk with God, it's for the benefit of those around you as well. Even Paul talked about it. He said, I'm, go- I'm afflicted. I'm in jail, but it's for the benefit of others. I don't know about you. I want to be at such a mature place in Christ where I look at the storm and say, this may not even be for me, but I'm okay with the storm because I know God is going to help somebody else break free. You think everything I preach I haven't walked through? Sometimes I got to walk through it just to tell somebody about it. But I'm grateful. I praise God for it. I thank God for it. Because he who brought me in this situation is faithful to bring me through it. And I want to praise God that I have people around me that will believe in me. I want to say this is why marriage is so beautiful and powerful and dangerous. Because when you're when you're single, like 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 many of you, and you're single, and you look in, and your Christian mingle profiles are popping, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like like you, you see, that's good, that's good. You search it, just make sure you're not searching for something that you aren't. Filter, filter, filter. What that means, you're searching for something that you currently you want a prayer warrior, and you don't pray. You want an encourager, but you're not encouraging. You're trying to ask God for something. Moving on. September is our love series. But here's the thing about marriage. Something can happen in marriage that can't happen when you're single. And it's so funny because single people want to be married. Married people want to be single. We all want to be each other, and it's crazy. It's madness. But, but here's what's so cool about marriage is, is that when you get married, it's, it's two now. And you have this union. See, see, the Bible says that when you have a wife, you have a good thing. It's, you find favor is what you find. You have favor when you have a wife, so, so, so it's a good thing. And I'm, I, I'm excited about my wife, too, and I love my because I got faith. But how many know, how many know, without my wife, I don't have fruit? Without a union, I don't have any results. I don't, I don't have what I have. I don't have Beckham and Braylon without somebody else. You can live by yourself all you want, but there'll be more fruit produced through your life the moment that you unify with somebody else. I know I'm talking in the context of marriage, but this is why the devil wants to bring your marriage down. Because when you get married, you're actually for each other, pushing each other towards each other's calling. You're not against each other. You're actually going the same direction. But the same way, if you're not married in here, you got to link up with some like-minded, like-spirited people that say, I have a purpose. You got a purpose too. Let's fight this thing. Let's move this thing forward. I have a calling. You unify and the Bible is really unique because it, it obviously says two will send 10,000 to flight. And then, the, then Jesus rolls up on the scene and he says, where two 
or three are gathered. I am there in their midst. Uh, I'm like, okay, okay, Jesus has a thing with numbers. He's got, he's got where two are going to send 10,000 to fly, where two or more are gathered. If I was Jesus, I would have like made it a little more like difficult, right? Like, well, nine or ten. Like, make sure you have to find. But Jesus is like almost, like he's like desperate in the moment. Like, can you just find one more? Christians, for the love of me, can you find one more that you can get along with? Or two, if you can just find one to join with you, it says he is there. Who's there? The I am. The one that will bust every door open. Who just entered the picture? See, by yourself, you can pray God down. But when you are linked together, you can pray God in. And I want you right here, right now, to link up with somebody and start believing. I know I have some people. And I'm going to move forward. I'm going to push back the gates of hell. Because I, I got you. And I got you. And I, where two or more are gathered, guess what? There's a fourth man in this fire because we believe. We believe. And he'll jump in even when you didn't think he would. And he'll jump right in. And now, two or three are gathered. He's right there with you. Now, here's the thing about him. You're trying to get people where where two or three are gathered. It actually says agree. Agree in the original language means where two or three agree in my name. Where two people, the, the, the original language means symphony. Where two or three actually gather in a symphony, not cacophony, not when you're all over the place. Because two or three people, oftentimes Christians are trying to find people that agree with their problems and their issues and their breakdowns and their insufficiencies. And and would you just agree with me about her? Because she's not. And do you want people to agree with you on your poison? You don't want, you don't want you. The problem is, is you're getting people to agree on the wrong thing. And when the devil's present, division is also present. But when God is present, unity is present. The impossibilities become possible. But you got to realize you have to agree. You have to be in a symphony in the name of Jesus where two or three gather in my name. Not in your name and not in someone else's name. So get their name out your mouth and get your name out your mouth and start to get the name of Jesus out of your mouth. Because the longer you can get Jesus out, the longer you'll see that victory is yours. Somebody help me preach at this 1230. I should have called this sermon, whose name is in your mouth? (laughs) I'm done with this unity. I'm done, man. Like, honestly, it's insane how bad it's gotten. Like, disunity is running our lives, it's running our homes, it's running our marriages, it's running how we even function with our kids and how we raise. It's crazy that we are becoming okay being divided. You're okay splitting. You know what a denomination is? It's you picking a side. Uh, but the, so many people, when I first came here, they're like, what denomination are you? I'm like, come and find out. I, I get it, right? They're like, well, what about the doctrine? Is it sound theology? I get it. I'm getting my master's. I believe in theology and sound doctrine. I would not be spending my life getting my master's and eventually my doctorate if I did not believe in sound theology. But at the same time, if you don't feel the love of God through me and you don't feel the love of God to you, then my theology has lost its place. It has to come down to a moment where, okay, denomination, you're just trying to get me to agree with something 
called a limitation. So, you, so, so you're trying to link me up with your limitation. That's what you're trying to do. And when people are linked on limitations, they never do the impossible. And they're linked, and you're linked, and you're linked. And, and how many times are you linked with somebody that doesn't believe in you? They just want you to believe in them because they just want to feel that they can change the world, but you can be a sidekick. You can be their robber. You can be around. And what's happened is we use people to get ahead. Why are we doing this? And it disunifies the body. I don't want to be a church where people come in here, and this is where they learn judgment. This is, this is where they learn a critical spirit. This is where they learn to, to cut people down. No, this is the place where you come in just as you are. Don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done. You belong right here. I'm going to go through three things that disunity ends when we, disunity ends when we, number one, fight for context. Disunity ends when we fight for context. What does that mean? Stop judging people by the cover. Start to get to know their story. You just see them for three minutes on a Sunday morning, and you feel like you got them figured out? Well, they just sassy. Why don't you go figure out why? Maybe they didn't have a dad growing up. Because if you actually got this story, compassion would come along with. But your lack of compassion, because you just want to judge people from afar. When Jesus was not an afar God, he was, came from earth. He came from heaven to earth to be what? Up close. He wanted to know. He let Judas roll with him, and he knew he was going to betray him. Are you kidding me? So right now, what if I told you out of your four dudes that you roll with, one of them was going to betray you? One was going to call you out. One was going to leave you and kind of bring you down. One was, you'd be like, I'd cut him off right now because in the name of Jesus, he is poison. Right, right, right. And that would, be, that would probably be logical, and there would be, probably be a good sermon on that. But what if I told you Jesus kept him around? Because Jesus may be out of hope. The longer they can see real love, maybe they'll change. So start to be unified, not by your personalities, but by your purpose. And say, I want to know your story. I know God's hand is on your life. I got to fight to know who you are. It says this about this. Hebrews 12, 14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Everyone. Make, make, look, every effort. Oh, I've tried every effort. You've tried 16 efforts. You've not tried. I've tri- you know what people are like? I've tried everything. What'd you try? Two things. It's amazing. Stop. You could actually be still bound because you're jumping to a wrong conclusion constantly. I've tried every effort. No, you haven't. Your freedom comes when you see that God has no end to his efforts. You will come, which means this. If there's no end to his efforts, his calling is what? Well, God really wants me to be unified with him? Yes, because unified doesn't mean agreeing with. It means finding that common denominator to walk with them in this battle of life with and say, you know what? I may not like your personality. I may not like your perspective on life. I may not even agree with you because so many people right now are splitting up friendships just based on political preference. It's amazing that people are splitting up relationships on politics. That makes me sick. When God shed his blood through Jesus... We want to split something up because of a belief 
I want to tell you today, if God is bigger, then you need to make him bigger in that moment. And say, I don't care what your political background is. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care the dot. I don't care where you've been, what you've said, what you've done, what you believe, where you've walked, what street you came from, how you were raised. I don't care. All I care is that God's hand is on you. That's it. Causing these little limitations. That's why you don't have friends. Because you're trying to get everybody to agree with you. That's not your calling to get people to agree with you. You're just a, we're just signposts pointing to Jesus. That's all we are. You're not the end all. You're not the voting booth. You're not the people that say, hey, I'd make all the decisions. No, you point to the one that is. But the moment you get love in your life, you'll start to see some open doors. God will bring you to places you've never imagined because he needs to get his love in places that you've never imagined. He needs to infiltrate some places and some moments. You need to fight for context. I just had a friend that went to the White House. I got to go to the White House the day before. He went to the White House the next day. And he actually got a media blast, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, he went all over the country saying, I can't believe that this guy sat with the president. I can't believe. You know who killed him? Christians. Friendly fire. It's amazing. I've never seen a sports game where the same team hurts each other. But we do it in church. It blew my mind. No, no, no. He wasn't even saying this is who you vote for because you'll never see me say that because I believe this is a stage to preach Jesus, not anything else. But I, he wasn't even saying that. But whoa, whoa, whoa. we got split over this small. I can't, I can't believe. I can't believe. Well, who made you the authority? Because if we actually all saw this from a different playing field, which is called the presence of God. We would see maybe God is trying to place somebody at the table. I'm grateful for them. I am thankful that God is working on them. And it's amazing because we get so upset with government when all the Bible says is to pray for them. So if you're upset, it's because there's been a lack of prayer. Think, think about it. Think about it. If, if, if there's still words coming out in conversations, you've not given all your words to God. Because if you still have time to badmouth, you never had time to give them over to God. I, God, I just give you whoever's leaving. I, God, I give you all. I give you all. Whatever's going on in our country, it's yours. I'm going to stop watching Fox and CNN. I'm going to start listening to the word of God because that's all I need to infiltrate my soul. This is not about politics. I'm just angry that politics is actually playing a role in our division. You will not see me preach on politics. That's not my game. My game is Jesus. But I am so sick of disunity happening in the body. I am so sick of disunity being drunk in our communion cups that is seeping into the church. And we are drinking this poison. And we are looking across the aisle saying that that is not my brother or sister. That is my enemy. I'm no longer going to go to that church because that person. No, no, no. If somebody's been covered by the blood, you can't uncover what God covered. I know it's the 1230. I know I'm a little bit loose right now, but I just feel that God wants to break the spirit of unity over this house. I'm done with disunity. And right here, right now, if you want to be done with disunity, I want you to give God a unified praise. I'm going to fight for you. I'm 
going to bleed for you. We're in this together. We're not friendly fire dying anymore. We're on the front lines, linked arms, facing the enemy, saying, try me one more time. I got the God of victory, and I got my friends with me. This is how I live. Nothing should split us up. Nothing. Fight for context. I got two more. You guys sit down. (laughs) Disunity ends, number two, when you fight for each other. I know I've sprinkled that in throughout the entire sermon, but I wanted to put it on a, as a point. You fight for each other. Fight for each other. Fight for each other. Let's change the narrative in this country. Let's change the narrative that's happening about churches. Churches are just this. They're just trying to get ahead. They're just about your money. I break that in the name. We are not. We've seen over 800 saved in five months. I promise you. I'm here to break the devil's back. I'm here to push the gates of hell out of Fort Worth, Texas. I'm here to fight for you because you're my brother and you're my sister. I'll go to the lengths for you. I'll do whatever we got to do because I want to see you make it. I want to see your family thrive. I want to see your marriage restored. I want to see you make it to your calling. This is why we're here. That's why we came on a Sunday morning. This is why this church is put enough seats out, can start enough services, because maybe there's a remnant of people that still believe why we exist, and that's to defeat an enemy, and that enemy is not on my same row. He's under your feet. And he'll stay there. God, I got to fight for you, though. We fight for each other. I'm going to read a quick scripture and then go to the last point. Second Chronicles 30, 12. Also in Judah, the hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind to carry out what the king and his officials had ordered following the word of the Lord. Hand of God was not on a certain doctrine. It wasn't on a certain theology. It wasn't on a how someone was raised, a background, a it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't on, and so many times we think God anoints perspectives. God anoints people. Because you think your perspective is so anointed that everybody has to see it the way you see it. And that's, that's how it works. Well, God's just anointed me to have this perspective. God has anointed you, not your. So, which means this, your gaze is always supposed to be Jesus. But I'm going to fight for what God's hand is on. Stop fighting for people to see life how you see life and start fighting for what his hand. He says his hand is on people. So I'm going to fight for you when you're at your lowest, when you're at your most hurt place, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow. And even though I'm on a mountaintop, guess what? I'm going to reach out to you and I'm going to try to pull you out. I'm going to do whatever you can, whatever I can to help you in the season that you're in. What if we had a church that cared about each other? What if we had people that looked across the aisle and said, you know what? I'm for you as well. I want to bring you on this journey of life and I need you. I need you. I need you because iron sharpens iron. I need to be sharper. I need to get better. Maybe you know something I don't. What if we could actually admit that? I can learn from you instead of I can teach you something. No, I, I, I can gain something from, 
from you. God's hand is on you. God's hand is on people. And the moment that you bring division in, you're now anointing your own perspective. And where division is, house can't stand. We cast out that division. Because I promise you, why the devil doesn't want two or more gathered? Because an explosion will happen. Something dangerous will happen. But I'm going to keep fighting for what God's hand is on. And why is it on? God's hand was on the people to give them unity. And then the unity was for what? To carry out the mission. You got to know you have a mission. But your mission has to be connected and unified with other people. Because your destinies together will go so much further than your destiny alone. And yes, God's hand is on you. So, you want disunity to end? Fight for context. Fight for each other. And number three, disunity ends when we fight for the kingdom. Because here's why. We need a common denominator. And the common denominator is Jesus. I know you're trying to fight with people you like. And you have a you have a click. You know the devil's okay with your click? You know he's okay that when you come to church and you sing, he's okay with you singing. You can sing together, but can you stand together? You can sing the same lyrics on a screen, but when you're outside of these walls, you're at the grocery store, can you go stand in prayer with each other? Can you go and find that? Hey, I saw you at the house. Are you okay? How are you, how are you doing? I'm going to pray with you. I know God is good all the time, but sometimes life isn't. I'm here for you. Right here. I want to fight for the kingdom together. Which means this. Everybody, you know, they say in the, in, in the army, they say about face. And everybody faces the right direction, the same direction. That's, I love the words. God just dropped this in my spirit. About face. You will face the right direction when you're about a face. They all will turn. And they'll look. I I know some of you that maybe you actually know the meaning of it. God sometimes uses moments like this to minister. But you will be facing the right direction as long as you're facing the face of Jesus. So when your life is not about a face and it's about yours, you will follow your own eyes. You will follow your own ears. And you will wonder in the darkness thinking that you're going to end up in the light. And then God's calling out, why don't you just look? Because when Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, when he said about face spiritually... Yes, sir. My eyes are up to you. I'm going to be set on you. It's impossible to do the impossible if your eyes are on the possible. But the moment you put your eyes on Jesus, it doesn't matter what's under you because what's under you becomes the floor that you walk on. When we get together, we can about face and we can look at the face of Jesus and say, we got somewhere to go. We got a fight to win. We got people to love. We got something to do.
we got to do this right now. About face in your calling. About face. Why, why, why do you keep looking at what's not going to help you? About face again. Straighten up again. Get your eyes back on Jesus again. Unity cannot come from you trying hard, but from you believing in the most high God. When you about, I got to look back at the source of my life. That's it. Can you stand across this place? It's time to fight for the kingdom. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It's time to fight for the kingdom. Fight for each other. You're going to fight for context, and you're going to fight. We're going to fight for the kingdom together, together. Hey, together. You, we're better together. We're going to be all about the face of Jesus. There was a revival that happened in Modesto, California, that birthed this church with my dad in the early 90s. It was called The Miracle in Modesto. And uh, it was an incredible move of God. They had this play called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. A little bit cheesy, but it was just about choices. And when people make choices, this is what happens. And, and uh, we saw, we, we, we just had it for like three or four nights, and then it was overflow every night. So my dad said, let's continue it. So we kept continuing it and kept moving it forward. And then 28 nights overflow. We had to turn people away. People were driving in from all over the West Coast to Modesto, California, the middle of nowhere, to see the, it was, it was incredible for 28 nights. And, and it was so cool because the, the paper at the time, not a Christian paper, wrote on the front page, Revival. You know you're in revival when the media admits you're in revival. You know you're in, a, in revival when there's an unsaved person typing that word. Oh, it's going to happen. This is what we've been birthed out of. This is our heritage, so just, just get ready. What happened? Over 81,000 people attended the church in 28 nights. 33,000 salvations in less than a month. That's what happens when you have unity. You know what my dad did? He took 33,000 cars and he said, I can't call all these by myself. He began to give the cards to every church in the city. You talk about unity. He said, this isn't just about me. This is about the kingdom. Because when we fight for the kingdom, we will see God do something bigger than we could ever do. And the whole city began to know Christ. And to this day, this church has seen 200,000 people saved. That's the size of Modesto. And right here, right now, I'm here to declare over Fort Worth, we're just getting started. We will see this city flipped upside down. But we got to unify. We got to praise God. We got to lift up the most high God. And we will see it. We will see it happen. It's not about our name, though. Don't make it about our name. It's about his name. Oh, you, you want to get in the paper? We, we can't. He can do it, though. He can do it, though. And I promise you, you're in a church where something miraculous has happened, but we're not done. We're just getting started.